0: In this episode of The Full Nerd, RTX 3090 review, 30-series supply problems, and Microsoft buys Bethesda. Welcome to The Full Nerd, episode 152. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello, Internet. And Adam Patrick-Murray is controlling the vertical and horizontal.
1: You know, I love being on the full nerd, but I also wish I was just playing Serious Sam Four right now. You know, really was that good, huh? It was really fun. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I dug it. Uh, But I just played it on my lowly twenty eighty Ti. Oh man, it was horrible. I just Uh, I wish I had a thirty ninety. You know, (laughs) Brad, should I have a thirty ninety to play Serious Sam Four?
2: (laughs) No. There you go. That's a pretty straightforward recommendation. So, yeah, let's talk about the 3090 review. I've been testing it for weeks uh, or a week or so. Uh, This card is not a graphics card you're going to want to buy for gaming in most cases. Uh, It is the fastest graphics card you could buy. If you have deep pockets and you just want the best, it's the card that you want. You already know that. Uh, For everybody else, uh, the 3080 delivers... 90, uh, 85 to 90% of the performance at 4K that the 3090 does. So, so pretty close, you know, getting there. There is a, a bit of an uplift with the 3090. Uh, but the 3090 costs $1,500, while the 3080 costs $700. So even if you're an enthusiast who's willing to spend 700 so dollars on, you know, a graphics card, that's a big jump. Uh, so if you're just in this purely for gaming and you care whatsoever about value, uh, you're going to want to buy a 3080 instead of a 3090.
0: So basically how much more
2: performance for twice as much money? Uh, 10 to 15, I would say about 12% average. Uh, it varies on the game. That's at 4k. Uh, if you drop back, to 1440p it drops to single digits it's definitely not worth it but we're already saying that you know uh with the 3080 it's starting to push the engines and other parts of the ampere architecture at that resolution so we start to see gains cap out it's more so the case with this uh nvidia made big claims about 8k gaming and they're only kind of sort of true uh you can definitely i used uh nvidia's dynamic super resolution technology yeah i saw it
1: on youtube it's real
2: yeah it exists uh on youtube people were playing on native 4k screens i don't have the eleven thousand dollars or whatever to have one of those big awesome 8k displays but i did use nvidia's dynamic super resolution to get just above the technical uh 8k spec uh on my 4k monitor and you can definitely play at 8K in some games. Uh, esports games, I was hitting 60 frames per second uh, with high. So you are going to have that minimal visual impact, which kind of sucks for a $1,500 card. But in my opinion, most people should be playing on high anyway. Uh, you can hit esports games. Any games that support DLSS 2.1, which is a, a, just a, a recent addition to DLSS 2.0, which is fantastic. Uh, NVIDIA rolled out a new DLSS 2.1 technology to support the 3090 launch specifically. Uh, and the games that support it, Control, Wolfenstein, uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood, and Death Stranding, I was able to play around and get 50 to over 60 frames per second. Just sitting here playing it, totally playable. At 8K or 4K? <laughs> At 8K. At 8K. Oh. Okay. So DLSS 2.1 is the real deal uh like since i was using dynamic super resolution i don't feel comfortable talking about image quality concerns as far as scaling up that high but you can definitely play those dlss 2.0 games roughly six frames per second DLS 2.0 also managed to get f1 2020 up to 60 frames per second a little over average uh 8k and like grand theft auto 5 played fine uh but over half of our standard gra- uh, graphics card gaming test suite that we use for this generation, they were struggling to hit uh, even 30 frames per second on high. If you put it to ultra, it's even even lower. Uh, fun fact, uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider has animated menus with, you know, Lara and bad guys moving around and stuff. And it was chuggy even on the menus hmm. because it pumps out that much. So, AK the claims were a little bit overblown. Yes, you can do it in some games. You can do it in esports games. You can do them particularly well optimized titles. You saw all the videos from Linus and Marquez Brownlee playing Forza and playing uh doom eternal. Uh, but I would consider it more of a cherry on top kind of a deal. If you're, you know, baller enough that you have one of these AK displays, sometimes you can play on it rather than a must buy scenario for it. So what about, you know, cause I know, I know a lot of people
0: are talking about AK uh, and of course, a K k is not two 4K panels, right? That's four, four. 4K panels? It's four, four 4K panels? Yeah. So I, I, I realize 8K is sort of insanely aspirational, you know, $1,500 <clears throat> card anyway. But for people who are running two 4K panels, it probably would be very usable though, right? If you want to play native uh, yeah. 4K
2: dual panel display? I would think three. so because, I mean, you will have... Frame dips below sixty in most of these games, I would think at ultra. But if you don't mind bumping stuff down to high, you could have a two-panel four K display and do pretty all right in a lot of them. I think. Uh, I think eight K is marketing in search of a solution. I think the reason Nvidia is hyping it up, and the reason that they call this the GeForce thirty ninety rather than the RTX or Titan two or whatever. Is like I've mentioned in past episodes solely to get this at the top of the benchmark charts before big Navi lands next month. Uh, because this card is pretty much a Titan in all but name. Uh, where you're really going to want this card and what earns it, the editor's choice is content creation, you know, 3d animation, 3d modeling, stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, ran a whole bunch of benchmarks, uh, for content creation. Uh, you can check out all of them in my review and depending on the workload, because content creation is highly workload dependent, uh, this thing smashes. Uh, it really opened my eyes to how powerful CUDA is. Uh, I was going around testing this. NVIDIA also recently rolled out, it's called Optics, which is basically CUDA, but with added support for those new RT cores and tensor cords. So if you're doing rendering that involves uh, ray tracing in any way or it can use the tensor cores to help rate rendering that ray tracing using denoising. It drastically enhances the speed of it.
1: Is this real uh, time or is it like rendered? Render time. Oh, okay. Render well.
2: time. Uh, there are applications like uh, it's an architectural program called D5 Render, where you're looking at architectural things in real time, uh, and DL that now supports DLSS 2.0. So that makes it so you can actually move the viewport uh, in real time without it you know, chugging real hard. And so that's a great application for that. But it just smashes. If you can use CUDA, if you can use Optics, this actually smokes an OpenGL too. I tested this card against, uh, I didn't have a Titan on hand, but I tested it against the 3080, the 2080 Ti, which is basically a Titan with 24 gigabytes The Titan has 24 gigabytes of RAM, but basically the same performance. And the Radeon 7, because content creators love that because of its big 16 gigabytes of hbm 2 And just the 3090 smashes all those in the applications you would expect. Like, if you're just doing basic stuff in DaVinci Resolve, you'll see a slight increase in, you know, performance versus last-gen stuff. But once you start adding all the GPU effects onto it, Uh, The 3090 just smokes. Uh, Again, you can check out all that stuff in my review. Uh, Just this morning, Puget Systems, which is a uh, custom GPU maker who specializes in making workstations tailored to your specific workflow, uh, they just published a whole ton of data about how the 3090 behaves in all kinds of applications. So if you're interested in that whatsoever, go check that out. It's pretty much... much what do, the they real, have, what's, what do they conclude though? Just basically, you, it smokes. It's real fast in GPU stuff. Uh, the real draw is going to be the 24 gigabytes of memory. If you have a use case where you know 10 gigabytes in the 3080 just ain't going to cut it, consumer class cards. Uh, the 24 gigabytes, I mean, that's what you're buying it for. That and NVLink. Uh, the, I, I actually use Puget's DaVinci Resolve uh, benchmarking suite that they have because they have set benchmarking suites they put out that are excellent. Uh, shout out to them. They do a lot of good work for creators out there. Uh, and I use that, and I ran only the 4K rendering tests with these cards because bumping up to the 8K rendering tests, only the 3090 could do that without crashing. The uh, memory buffer wouldn't even let the task complete. For the other cards so it's the 24 gigabytes you're buying this for and if you're doing some weird AI stuff uh not weird but vital un- unusual to the mainstream AI stuff uh, the this card also supports NVlink it's the only RTX 30 graphics card that does so again if if you need it you know it already same with the 24 gigabytes if you need it this is a monster uh, one thing to note is that since it's not a Titan uh, I also did spec view perf, which basically runs traces and tests uh, performance of a bunch of viewport rendering in a bunch of professional applications. Uh, this, since it's not a Titan, it doesn't have the special driver software optimizations that Quadro cards do and Titan does for some. So you won't necessarily see huge speed gains there depending on your application, uh, Linus noticed that. I was watching his video this morning. Uh, Katya is significantly faster on the RTX Titan because it has those special optimizations. Since this is a GeForce class card, you're not going to get those. But if you're just doing Blender rendering, DaVinci Resolve, stuff like that, I did Octane Render, uh, Redshift, it kicks all kinds of butt for that. My actual headline for the original review was... Uh, a titan for work, luxury for play and i think that pretty much sums it up.
1: Uh what about uh PCIe uh 3 versus 4 did you uh you I don't have a PCIe in? 4 oh, system Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah cuz i wonder yeah. if if this level is going to saturate that uh that bandwidth yeah. or not.
2: Yeah, it very well might. Uh another thing that's worth pointing out is that the upgraded RT integer cores they were okay for ray trace games. Ray trace games don't actually use a ton of effects yet, so they don't really stress them as much as these professional applications do. So, if you're rendering a scene that uses ray tracing and needs the tensor cores to help accelerate the denoising of that ray tracing, you see a lot more performance uplift out of those RT and tensor cores for professional applications than you do for actual games. So, it lives up to the hype here where it didn't necessarily live up to the hype as much as we saw in games although for the gaming do you think that's
0: the main issue is i mean ak you're right is very much a good marketing hype but that's for 4k panels yep realistically no one's really going to be moving to ak gaming anytime soon so yep. it feels like some in between like 5k actually might be a, a really good place for this card even though 5k has kind of turned into this weird duck i
2: don't where think 5k you know. is i think it's going to be 8k is the next thing that happens after 4k just because we're already seeing that with tvs and stuff we're seeing it yep. used for professional uses like this
1: i mean it's where the panels scale right you know, yeah 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 like, but so uh sensors I mean, have different weird resolutions but that's because you know cropping and, and things like that but yeah
2: but i think i think uh it's The AK gaming claims are more, like I said, we need to market this in some way to show it's different from a 3080. And that's what that is, as well as just getting it as a GeForce graphics card at the top of the benchmark comparisons for when Big Davi comes out. I think it's the main reasons for these.
1: So uh, Toonami20 on on YouTube says, uh, and I haven't watched the video, unfortunately. um, When Linus used the 3090, uh, he couldn't close the case door on the side of his PC because it's, it's too big. Uh, did you have any problems uh, fitting it in your, your case? I,
2: uh, He's testing with a very small case. Oh, really? uh, I've been using a uh, Corsair Crystal 570X, our favorite case from a couple of years ago, uh, which is a pretty decently sized mid-tower case. Hmm. I was able to fit the 3090 Founders Edition there, no problem. I was actually able, I have also review going up tomorrow, have an MSI Gaming X Trio 3090, and I was no, able to spoilers. fit both of them into the system. Uh, but the cables got tied up in the fans at the bottom, so it is kind of a tight fit with the dual dual things. If you have a full size tower case, you can fit two in here, no problem. Uh, the Founders Edition design kicks all kinds of ass. Uh, it was really good on the 3080, but the Gaming X Trio was able to beat it, just because the 3080 Founders Edition cooler is two slots standard card, whereas... The aftermarket cards you've seen mostly expand to three slots. Uh, NVIDIA made the 3090 Founders Edition huge. It's three slots. It's over a foot long. uh, And it's freaking wonderful. It's utterly silent, even under maximum load, no matter what kind of workload type. I never saw it go above 68 degrees, which is on par with the best cooling I've ever seen, short of liquid cooling. Uh, and considering the fact that it's being sold for the 1499 msrp through nvidia and best buy uh, i think that it will give any of the more expensively priced custom cards a run for its money uh spoiler alert again i can tell you right now the founder's edition design is more cooler and quieter than the gaming x trio as you'll see in my review tomorrow
1: Hmm. i mean we've been that kind of uh, it's the same with the thirty eighty, right? So
2: the thirty eighty, the tables were flipped actually. The oh, really? Thirty eighty, it was a really good cooler. Like it's oh. pretty quiet, and it runs seventy nine, which is five for the Founders Edition. But the Gaming X Trio, because it has the bigger design, uh, is actually virtually quiet, virtually silent, and uh, much cooler. It flips the script once you get up to thirty ninety level because you, you remember all those big claims about Nvidia's like oh this is so much cooler so much more efficient so much quieter. In the, in my thirty eight review I'm like that's not really the case in the actual product here. Hmm. It's clear that they were talking about the thirty ninety version. It's you know a marvel of engineering. I would say if you're looking for a thirty ninety uh, and you're only looking for one card, Founder's Edition is the way to go. Hmm. Uh, if just if you I got them. it, if you can get them, uh, you can't yet. Uh, it looked like EVGA site managed to last about an hour this morning, judging oh. off their Twitter feed. But, uh, that's also worth mentioning if you are gonna buy this for prosumer use, professional use. Uh, previous generation cards, like if you bought the RTX Titan or you bought something like that, you could get blower style cards and fit four of them into a box pretty easy. Uh, like I said, you can since these are so big, you can only fit two of them in a box, and they exhaust their hair right back into the box. So you might want to worry about that about cooling. <laughs> Pardon me. Uh, however, I have seen uh, Gigabyte is planning a blower style two slot card. So that would maybe if you're looking to get like a workstation set up with three, four, five, whatever of these, you might want to wait and see how those <laughs> blower style cards look because. Blower-style cards get dumped on in the gaming space, but for professional workloads where they're loading up cases, I mean that's what you want. So,
1: interesting. Uh, How no, was quick... power oh. oh, yeah, I was just about to ask that. Yeah, but we, my... we also got uh, uh, a super chat from Lou Cipher for six hundred <laughs> or not six hundred six dollars and sixty-six cents thank you that's hilarious uh you guys are the best gordon for president uh but yeah no we've I'd had people yeah we've had people ask about power draw what what was the power supply you used on it and did you have any problems
2: uh i have a 1000 watt evga platinum power supply in my test rig uh it held up fine uh it definitely the founders edition definitely does you know just like the 3080 it this these use way more power than the last generation uh the recommendation the recommended spec from Nvidia is 750 watts uh i saw in my gpu test uh it draw like 502 watts 505 watts whole system power draw not just the gpu whole system from the wall on an uh on a yeah that's on a stock 8700k for my gpu power test uh I test actual games with an overclocked eighty seven hundred K to five gigahertz. And in games that stress both the CPU and the GPU, I saw I think Borderlands three go up to just shy of five fifty, five hundred and fifty watts. So this thing uses a lot of power. That again, that's the whole system. That is not just the GPU. Uh and again, since you know we're shooting the show today, spoiler alert. Uh, the MSI Gaming X Trio has a slight overclock. Uh, the Founders Edition is, I think, 1.7 gigahertz, uh, stock out of the box. The Gaming X Trio has an 85, I want to say, megahertz overclock applied from the factory. And that sent the power you should skyrocketing by 80 watts. So, Trying to overclock this, getting a factory overclock card. You're definitely going to want to have a beefier power supply because the second you start applying any more clock speed or power to this, it's it uses quite a bit. But yeah, that's basically it. You know, if you're if you have if you need the NVLink, if you need the 24 gigabytes of RAM, you know it. It makes it a excellent value. Uh, last gen's RTX Titan was 2,500 bucks. This is 1,500 bucks. So from that point of view, it's exceptional value. It's significantly faster than what came before. From a gaming you know, point of view, it doesn't make sense. But then again, cards like this never do. If you have the deep pockets and this is your hobby and you want to spend 1500 bucks on one of these, you already know that too. And you're going to do it and you will get faster performance. I'd really look at it purely for 4K. Uh, you don't want it for high refresh, 1440, because you start to hit other stuff. Uh, 8K, you can do sometimes. That's more of a cherry on top. You're really looking at 10 to 15% faster uh, 4K performance. And it does about the same in ultra-wide results, which, again, spoiler alert, uh, those are going up tomorrow as well.
1: Spoilers, love it. Uh, I got a question, uh, you know, because when when all these cards were first announced, people were saying, hey, you know, uh, for the price, that gap between the 3080 and the 3090 leaves some room for another card uh, to kind of fit, snug in between there now that you've reviewed both of these cards do you think that that's still the case do you think there's something that could come out that's just five percent better than the 3080 in gaming
2: uh Uh, i do i do think that there's the possibility for stuff to go in there i think nvidia the reason i have actually a whole article on about why there's no rtx 3080 ti if you want to google it i think it's the only one if you go why there's no 3080 ti yet uh but you know nvidia is kind of See, waiting to see what AMD is going to have with Big Navi. That gets announced at the end of next month, Radeon 6000 series. Uh, it could be pretty cool. Uh, but by announcing this at this price point and having the 3090, there's definitely room for, some rumors say a 20 gigabyte variant of the 3080, which is one possibility. You know, There's definitely room in there for NVIDIA to put out a cut down version of the 3090 that falls between the 3090 and 3080. So it is let's say, 5% faster than the 3080, but comes with 12 or 16 gigabytes of RAM and call that 3080 Ti. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see something like that, uh, especially if AMD manages to topple the 3080, which could happen. Uh, if if you look at the consoles, their ray tracing implementation is all based on the shaders, which if you listen to NVIDIA and look at the way that they... they explained how you know basically each frame works in ray trace games. Uh, the using tensor cores and RT cores is much more efficient at that. Uh, but if AMD decides to do pure shader work, uh, RT cores and tensor cores take a decent significant amount of the die inside of each SM, inside of each graphics processing cluster. So if AMD just instead goes, hey, we're just loading these things with shaders and routes and all that stuff, and we're just going to do ray tracing off that, there's a decent chance that they could come out with excellent traditional gaming performance. So there definitely is, depending how uh, RDNA 2 turns out, they might need a 3080 Ti in the near future. Huh,
0: that would be interesting. So you're saying basically non-ray trace gaming, AMD sort of gives up some advantage because, you know, NVIDIA has hardware, has it in real hardware, I guess. Yep. But AMD is sort of like, well, we know... 95%, 98% of games are not ray traced, have ray tracing support. So we're just still betting on the non-ray trace future, but we still offer
2: you ray tracing at a, at a decent clip is what you're suggesting could happen. That's, that's my guess, um, not prediction. I wouldn't say prediction, but I wouldn't be surprised to see that. If you've been listening to the show for a long time, you might remember that I actually said that back when... Uh, the first generation RTX cards came out and I said at the time AMD might just say hey ignore all this stuff we're going to load up with graphics cards like traditional gaming stuff and that could very well happen I mean if they have tons of shaders tons of ROPS all that stuff they put that die space for that it could be you know very competitive we'll have to see AMD actually split off AMD traditionally has had one graphics architecture used for professional and consumer workloads This year, they split it off into two separate ones. So now there's RDNA for gaming and CDNA for compute tasks and rendering and all that stuff. So theoretically, AMD could now jettison all the stuff that it had in its architecture for compute tasks and even double down on more shaders, more stuff like that. So I'm really intrigued to see what's going to come out of RDNA 2. I think October 28th could be pretty interesting, depending on how they want to play it.
1: Hmm. Uh, I have a good question from uh, Eek44. It's kind of a a little bit of a a niche thing, but uh, do you think uh, MSI Afterburner would be good to overclock a 3090? Afterburner is made to use in Turing and Pascal, so I don't know. uh, It does work. Does it work? They
2: they released it. I don't know if it's public yet. I assume it should be because the 3080 has been out for a week, but they sent me an updated version that has 30 series support, so it definitely still works. The OC scanner... Automatic overclocking tool doesn't give you huge performance gains out of the box. And again, overclocking these things—they're already so powerful—you might not want to because the more clock speed and whatnot that you apply to these, uh, including on the memory uh, power demand, you know, goes up significantly. And NVIDIA is definitely putting the pedal to the metal with these. Is there much left? Because I think uh,
0: Steve was trying to overclock at 3080 or on liquid nitrogen. He didn't seem to get uh, uh, Gamer's
2: Nexus, uh, Steve. He didn't yeah. seem to get that much out of it, right? He was just kind of like, ah. Eh. They did all right. Uh, yeah. They did pretty good, but that's with a special V BIOS, yeah. a shunt mod, a liquid nitrogen thing. They yeah. got they got a pretty decent clip just you know out of the box stock, but. At that point, I mean, you're in it for fun at that point. You're not in it for uh, everyday experience because if if you start, you know, cranking the fan speed up to 100% and just sending as much, you know, raw power that you can through it, then it's not going to be fun to sit next to. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It seems pretty pointless at that point
0: to even bother to try to overclock these cards. They're so powerful. Yeah.
2: Hmm. Yeah. You really don't need to.
1: Uh, I got a question uh, that that Gordon maybe can answer. Uh, Lakshay on YouTube's asking: uh, Now that we've seen seen you know the reviews for 3080, 3090, uh, what can we expect for Ampere in laptops? Not many laptops uh, can hold uh, those those high uh, TDPs. So, what do you think?
0: Uh, boy, that's laptops are very very different. I'm I really need to look at how long it took. Be, be, you know. Be- before turing came out in laptops maybe it was what six months i'm guessing because we saw those at ces turing came out uh, maybe eight months maybe it took about eight months for it to go from desktop into laptop i'm sure it will make its way into laptops (sighs) yeah thermals are always that weird thing where especially how they both brand them where they'll have the big numbers but It doesn't really match the same. You know, NVIDIA has been doing this. We're going to use the exact same cores and desktops as as laptops for a while. I'm going to guess you will not see a 3090 in anything resembling a laptop. So I don't know. It's really going to be interesting because laptops are so thermally limited. But, you know, the good news is as we have Ryzen now and we have, you know, Tiger Lake, there's probably going to be an H version of that you no longer have to worry about this stupid 14 nanometer chip, you know, going nuclear next to you. So they sort of pick up a little bit of a thermal budget from there. But, um, I don't think you will get full clip performance. Obviously you never have. So the emphasis would probably be, if I were to guess, it'd be on max max Q versions, which is same die, but clearly we're compromising to get you into that 20 sub 20 millimeter thick gaming laptop. So, and then the other wild card and all this is you have Intel coming too, and, as you've seen from the numbers tiger lake it's no joke so we'll see what happens once we get Xe in a discrete cart part in a laptop and I'm, but, I'm, you know, but I, yeah go ahead
2: i thought you were done finish your up and then i'll go
0: <laughs> no I, I just think yeah i i think i don't think we'll see any really big change nvidia has i mean probably 95 percent of gaming laptops and i don't think that's going to change with the next generation as well you know they're they've been working out for a long time and um the competition will be better, which means better for consumers. But but generally, I don't think it's going to change it. It will. It will happen. I'm. I will be interested to see if they just put the same parts in. I I, I suspect they will. They haven't changed that in the last few generations.
2: I'm curious to see what process node, uh, mobile GeForce uses because like if you look at the big data center uh, version of Ampere GA one hundred, it actually runs on TSMC seven nanometer instead of Samsung eight nanometer, and 7 nanometer fits in a lot more transistors than uh Samsung's 8 nanometer does. Yeah. Uh I wouldn't and there was a lot of talk before the launch happened, you know, about whether or not which company Nvidia will use. Uh and it boy, boy down to capacity I think would probably be a big part of the reason capacity, you know, other business interests is the reason they use 8 nanometer, but if 7 nanometer is more efficient, I think there's a chance we could see mobile GPUs built using tsmc instead but that's just inside baseball stuff for way in the future although i wonder how you even balance that because remember
0: we ran into that situation with apple where the samsung and the tsmc phones were like you definitely wanted a tsmc phone not the samsung yep. phone how are they going to do i mean it feels you like can, they can't you can go balance in, it you can balance but they're not going to from- go but they're not going to go like we're going to build 3080s at tsmc and samsung Because then that Mm -hmm. gets one that
2: gets you get really unhappy if you get the worst of the two, right? I I think we're gonna see the desktops all definitely use Samsung eight nanometer. I wouldn't be shocked. I don't not necessarily predicting it, but I wouldn't be shocked if they use TSMC just for mobile, where the efficiency matters so much more. Although that's weird, though, because it's still,
0: you know, again, you know, for the last generation, last two generations, they were essentially supposed to be the same die virtually. So what? It
2: still might be. I'm just, you know,
0: yeah. No, it's, rampant speculation.
1: Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. And it's actually funny. I have people asking me in the chat to uh, to test out uh, a 3080 or a 3090 in an eGPU, and that's how you get uh, those, those. Those.
2: I don't think it'll fit in your eGPU. The 3090 <laughs> won't.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that, that would be hilarious. Yeah,
2: so you're going to be running into a bottleneck there over the connection. Yeah. For either yeah. of those.
1: <laughs> um. Okay, uh, a couple more 3090 questions. Um, uh, we we kind of covered this a little bit, but uh, VC gesture kind of expanded on it in, in Discord. Uh, once again, the price gap between the 3080, 3090, you know, what uh, could be in the middle? We talked about VRAM, uh, but could it also be better bins? Uh, you know, could they switch to a, a TSMC 7 nanometer N7FF plus? They uh, could.
2: Yeah, that that's one option. I would be surprised if they do that unless they absolutely have to. I would think they would want Samsung just to be across the board on these. Uh, I would more be more likely to expect either just a VRAM increase if Big Navi doesn't manage to beat 3080. If it just you know lands in 3080 ballpark range but offers better price of performance or much better traditional gaming shaded with 16 gigabytes of RAM is the rumor. I would I could see NVIDIA rolling out a 20 gigabyte version of the 3080. I could also see a 3080 Ti that splits the difference between the 3090 and the 3080, but again with more VRAM.
1: Okay. Uh, They could
2: use TSMC. That definitely could happen, but uh, it just feels like that would be real weird.
1: Uh, also, we got another uh, super chat from Lucifer of $6.66. I, I really like this trend. Uh, would a 3080 or a 3090 work on an AMD 320 board?
2: AMD 320. Uh, 320. Is that one the one that's limited to PCIe by eight? If so. I don't if know. If it is limited, if it's limited, to, uh, that's. Pairing a fifteen hundred dollar GPU with like a sixty dollar motherboard, <laughs> I would not recommend it. Uh, well,
1: it sounds like that's what they have, and yeah. they're thinking should they upgrade?
2: It would be no matter what. I think it'd be an upgrade versus whatever card you're running in there now. Even if you are PCIe bandwidth restricted in some way, if it doesn't, if it has a full PCIe x sixteen slot, you'll be fine. Uh, if it is one of the ones that has PCIe x eight. You will be restricted. That will be the bottleneck in some titles in some ways. If you go to Hardware Unboxed YouTube channel, just yesterday they ran a great video getting into PCIe 3 versus PCIe PCIe 4. And basically it doesn't matter at full 16, you know, 16 16 by 16. But if you do drop it down to by 8, you will start to see bottleneck in there. Although
0: I do wonder... If you are really, if you're really going to pair a nine hundred dollar or eight hundred dollar video card with a sixty dollar motherboard, do you think the person should buy a uh, an MSI, you know, Gigabyte, ASUS kind of hopped up card with the three eight pins? Because if you're running the Founders Edition, you're talking, you expect that by by eight slot to yeah. put out the full, PC, yeah. you know, PCIe wattage, and I'm I'm going to bet that board was not really made to run
2: at 75 watts, right? Yeah, I'd be I'd be nervous about that. Yep. Cuz it does definitely have much increased power demands. Uh and if you're talking about potentially buying either a 3080 or a 3090 if that's kind of what the question is, uh, uh in that case, I would buy a 3080 and spend the $800 in savings getting a new computer. Like <laughs> Yeah. Like get get a beefier motherboard, get a newer processor uh, or put a new processor, move your processor over. I would just spend that difference upgrading the rest of my computer.
1: Okay, cool. Uh, any other thoughts on the 3090s? You said you have a, another review posting tomorrow, some widescreen benchmarks tomorrow as well. And...
2: Yep, yep, all that. Uh, MSI Gaming X Trio review coming out tomorrow. Uh, it's a $90 premium. Uh, if you can get a Founders Edition – I would probably recommend that again, spoiler alert, but it's fine. It's great. If I hadn't tested the 3090 founders edition, I'd be like, Hey, this card is quiet and it's, you know, relatively cool. So it's also a very good option. It's just $90 more. It uses a lot more power. So, you know, shop around as much as you can at this point, if you're on the hunt for a 3080 or 3090, you're pretty much buying whatever you can get at this point, I think.
0: You know, Brad, it occurs to me that 3090 is the perfect card to pair up with a Threadripper, you know, Mm -hmm. with either 32 or even 64 core, because a Threadripper just frankly, right, makes no sense for gamers, even though everybody wanted to see gaming benchmarks on it. Yeah, I understand you work, you want to play games, but really, it's about work. This is really a work card, and you can also play if you want to, right? Yeah, 100%. That's like Threadripper. Like, you would never recommend Threadripper over a Core or a Ryzen. But if you're doing content creation rendering in the day, mm-hmm. 3090 yep. is a great card to go with it.
2: Yeah, like. this would, if you pair those two, you'd be all set no matter what workload you're running pretty much. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, these don't have the Quadro pure pro driver optimization. So if you're doing yeah. crazy, like if you're doing pro-ass work, go get yourself a pro-ass card. But they cost... Twice as much, three times as much, uh, no. I've seen people saying, "Hey, why would anybody buy this for fifteen hundred bucks just for gaming when it's only ten to fifteen percent faster uh than a thirty eighty uh and i I some people just do that, some people are willing to spend the extra money to get more performance uh one analogy I kind of thought of last night. I don't know if it's super applicable, but it kinda makes me think uh is the ten seven hundred k delivers Ninety five, ninety seven percent of the ten nine hundred K's performance for two hundred dollars left less. So if you bought a ten nine hundred K, you know just to get that little bit more gaming out of it, if you're already willing to spend up to get the best gaming possible. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know another thing that people really lose sight of, especially because uh, PC gaming has gone so mainstream. We have a lot of people that are very new to it, but for really performance minded folks, link of look at your. People who have supercars or high yep. performance cars, if you're paying twice as much and your Ferrari or your Lamborghini is only fifteen percent faster than the next supercar down the rung, <laughs> that is well worth your million dollars. Where you could have just bought that five hundred thousand dollar car, right? So yep. that is a lot of performance actually for that that ultra high end performance card. And they really exist. Those those people are real. They have all kinds of money and they throw it around. They don't care. Hate on it all you want, but that's a real crowd. And
2: for them, it's actually, you know, it's it's actually worth it. I've actually heard from actual people who I know who said, hey, man, you know, this year I've been saving up for vacation. I've been stuck at home for six damn months. You know, I got the money. I'm just, yeah, it's only 10%. This is the one time in my life I'm going to, you know, consider buying something like a 3090 because this is my hobby. This is what I spend three or four hours a night doing going to spend the money that i have because i'm stuck at home to you know put the best that i can into it which again i don't recommend i think most people should get a thirty eighty, but there are people out there who would do that and you know that's value is that's totally up to them yeah not everybody's
0: about value right as Mm -hmm. someone would probably bring up at this point Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) who isn't here (laughs) uh yeah well i think we should move on to uh of these supply problems, because we got people yelling Uh, at me left and right, how come they can't get a 3080? Why did NVIDIA mess this up so bad that they had to apologize? Uh, What is going on here? Brad, please, help.
2: Uh, The bots, obviously, are an issue, but I think a lot of it ties into what I was just talking about. People have been stuck home for six months. They have the money they've been saving for vacation saved up. They're gaming because they got nothing else to do like this is a huge leap in performance that we haven't seen in 3 years or something like that uh these cards are just very hotly in demand uh i've heard from multiple people inside various companies that you know they had just as much stock level for this as they have for previous generation launches uh the 20 and the 20 super launches Uh, which I've heard Steve from Gamers Nexus say the same thing. I believe Jay from Jay's Two Cents said the same thing, but don't quote me. But we're all hearing the same thing, possibly from the same people, who knows. But they had stock of these things. It did exist. It's between the bots and the pent-up demand. It just sucks. I mean, factories were short on on time this year, you know, logistics with everything going on. This is the reason why even though the pre-orders never happened we did that video where i would say this is like the one time in history where i would take a shot on a pre-order if i was interested in it
0: yeah that does kind of it does kill me a little bit because there's just so many and i want to point out but people who are like so dead set against pre-order right i mean there were people who made the internet videos about don't never pre-order i I'm going to say it again, but if you live that lifestyle, which is fine, if that is your outlook on life, then don't complain about this. You can't complain about it. I know there weren't pre-orders on this, but there was a lot of pushback on pre-orders on previous generation cards. so if you about, <laughs> well, I think there should be, but I don't know if there should be. <laughs> if people want to get in line, it's like a movie. Like I say, if you want to pay to go see a movie and you don't know if it's good or not, you, I mean, what do you... That's just kind of one of those things, right?
2: Yeah, I can, I just, I could can, can see where this is a big bummer. Like if you already sold your 2080 Ti or your other last oh gen God. card to try to get <laughs> Cuz if you sold your 2080 Ti or 1080 Ti a month or two ago, you probably paid for, you know, most of the cost of a 3080 or a 3070 or whatever. And you're sitting there without a GPU. I could understand why this hurts. Uh Fortunately, I mean, companies are doing what they can, it sounds like. NVIDIA implemented CAPTCHAs, are uh, manually reviewing orders. EVGA is also manually reviewing all orders to make sure they're not bots. And if you're trying to get an EVGA card, here's one. Uh, if you follow them on Twitter, they will actually tweet that, hey, we're opening this up in like five minutes. Uh, we're going to have some more on the website. So if you've been you know, really struggling to find stock of stuff, uh, that might be a good venue
1: uh on youtube real quick bat tech says nvidia should never have announced it until they had a decent supply
2: you can i mean again as i've said they had the exact same supply from what i hear as previous generation launches that being said of course you know the previous generation launches also sold out really fast so i can get where you're coming from uh but it's all business competitiveness man uh You know, AMD is also coming out with Radeon 6000, you know, this stuff. GPUs take years and years and thousands, if not millions of hours of engineering efforts and investment and stuff like that. And the train has to keep rolling. Uh, This has been a real weird year with logistics, real weird year with fabrication. Uh, They might be trying to get out a Radeon 6000. I mean, they obviously decided this is the best time to try to launch it for a reason. EVGA said they're hoping to have thousands more stock in the next week or two. I think they said so. Yeah, and it's coming. Isn't,
0: isn't that pretty unreasonable though to say like Nvidia should only announce this when they have enough to sell? How do you know yeah. when you have enough to sell? Because if suddenly people don't want to buy the card, you're left with a warehouse full of cards and nobody's buying. What do you? I don't think That's, any business is going to stockpile so much just to meet a, a potential. You know. Uh, a demand, and then get left holding the bag if nobody shows up to buy them, right? Like
2: 20, AMD so. did that with uh, Polaris when the Bitcoin mining craze was crazy, and they're left stuck, stuck holding tons of excess stock. That's why you could still get five seventies two years later for like a hundred bucks because they just had so much, and no company wants to do that if they can help it. Yeah, so, that's again
0: irresponsible, I think, for for shareholders.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, but hopefully it you know, gets resolved sooner than later. I'm sure they all want to sell you these eight hundred dollar and fifteen hundred dollar graphics cards as fast as they can. They would want to have as many in your hands as possible.
1: (laughs) BB's very angry she didn't get a (laughs) thirty eighty.
2: But yeah, it hurts. It hurts. It does suck when you've you know, you you bought into the hype, you see the reviews, you see how great these cards are and you just can't buy one even though you have the money. Uh it hurts, but I mean that's twenty twenty for you
0: well, but I mean, just I, I, people got so angry at the pre-order kind of thing. This is like a perfect way to you have an idea of who actually how many you need to, to sell and you can like,
1: you mm. know, when you're
2: going to get it. And it's just I have like, a different philosophy. I feel that the RTX 20 series was a terrible upgrade. As I said, in my reviews aside sure. from the 2080 Ti, uh, they were selling the whole thing on RTX. There were not even any RTX games at launch there was virtually no performance uplift over the cards they were replacing. And so I think they went to pre-orders. That was the first time I think NVIDIA done pre-orders in recent memory. And I think they went to pre-orders for that solely because they wanted to sell as many as they could before reviews came out and said, hey, maybe you shouldn't buy this. So that's why I'm against pre-orders. I, think
0: that's, <laughs> I, I disagree. I think that's revisionist. And I do think 2080 was indeed faster than 1080, right?
2: Mm, but that for the same price as a 1080 ti that's apple Well, but
0: other than that i mean
2: (laughs) it It wasn't faster than 1080 ti
0: yes pricing
2: (laughs) the whole pricing
0: thing threw everything out of whack but i I do think that regardless pre-order as as a method for fulfilling you know so people aren't like they actually get their cards it Mm -hmm. seems like it's probably an easier way to prevent bots too with pre-orders you know
2: I do you wish they would go to a Q system or something for some of these sales, at least through NVIDIA itself, through EVGA. I can understand if Amazon or Best Buy doesn't want to deal with all that. But I would love to see a Q system to say, hey, here's me. You know, I want to put my claim in. I will get it whenever it's available. If you want to ask me all kinds of extra questions to make sure I'm not a bot, that could probably help even more against the bots, more than just a rough captcha. Right. Uh But that hasn't happened so far yet. But I, w- I would love to see something like that. Well, you know, I do wonder, though,
0: so, I mean, clearly 20 series, there were no bots lining up to buy those, but have we ever seen bots apply to other hot sale items? Like, I don't think that happened with, you know, Zen. I don't think it happened with any other part where suddenly these, basically these bots are usually focused on Jordans, you know, or something like that. And now suddenly they're focused on graphics cards was really
2: unusual. Yeah, yeah. Well, isn't yeah, they were created for well? shoes and stuff like that. Yeah, there has been an uptick in mining in different parts of the world, yes. Uh, they have traditionally been – I th- believe these bots were created for shoe sales, like you said. And this is the first time I think that the technology industry has been hit by it so hard. Uh, they Hopefully, they're not a new way of life. Hopefully, companies can figure out a way to stymie them. Uh, if you didn't get a 3080, hopefully you asked for your money back from whatever bot person you paid for, if you went that route. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Again, this is just gaming in general is in such high demand this year because everyone's home. Everyone, if you still have a job, if you're lucky enough to still have a job, you haven't been able to spend it going out to dinner, going on vacation. You got money. Uh, so people are just looking to buy games, buy all this new stuff, uh, we haven't seen performance increase like this in three or four years. It's the same on the console side. The PlayStation 5 and Xbox, they're on TSMC 7 nm, which has been out for a year. So, I mean, it's, you know, relatively mature technology, but just people want these things because they're big, big gains over what we saw before. Everyone's home. It's just crazy demand, I would I would guess.
0: Yeah, but, you know, it just feels like we're going to see the same thing with, you know, Zen 3 because that's going to be a hot target. We're going to see it with Xbox, PS5, all those things. I mean, they're just, these bots are like, hey, this is actually fertile ground to make a decent 20% markup for doing nothing,
1: you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it's it's going to be even worse when the, the holiday season hits, uh, for sure. I mean, that's right around the corner. NVIDIA uh,
2: keeps talking about machine learning. Maybe they can use their machine learning jobs to. Beat up the dumb bot somehow.
1: Nice. Uh, VC Jester gave us $5. Thank you. Good sir. Friend of the show uh, said, Brad, do you feel so bad for us that you'll uh, let him borrow your 3090?
2: Uh, it's not mine. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. All these cards I get, they're not actually mine. They're all loaders. They they belong to EVGA and NVIDIA and everything. Even our test system, like it's a 8700K, but Intel sent me that 8700K. It's not mine. Like when I decommission this system, I can't use it. I can't sell it like I would ask Intel what's up often I end up donating it to the local school so
1: nice okay. well yeah it's uh, it's going to be a, a hairy situation we still uh, you know there's plenty of people on discord who are trying to help each other find uh, where to buy you know the newest cards. so I would say if if you want up to date stuff ask for some help you know in, in, in our discord there's a link in the description uh, a lot of people asking hey where can I get one where can I get one so it's It's changing by the minute. Uh, Yeah. So you got to kind of almost have to be up on it.
2: (laughs) Hopefully, uh, I know some retailers, B&H Photo I was looking at, they had really high prices for these in response to the stock being low. Mm. So maybe shop around. Consider whether or not it's worth spending an extra 100 bucks to get it now or to just wait and not support that kind of practice. I believe uh, NVIDIA didn't call anybody out by name. And Newegg's also done that in the past. Uh, But watch out for markups, too. Yeah, but you
0: know that's. I think that's like almost an automatic pricing engine thing where they. Yeah. You know, Amazon does that automatically too, where mm. once it's out of stock, the price goes up on something.
1: Yep. Okay. Well, we'll we'll keep uh, we'll keep looking at it, and you'll probably have more thirty eighties to review in the future as well, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, here's uh, people have been asking about this card uh, on the internet in general, not to me, but I have a uh, EVGA's thirty eighty for the Win three FTW three. Uh so that's their higher end option. Uh, you can tell by it has the divisive, you know, red markings at the end. I believe Jay called it a sad clown face. <laughs> uh, I'll have a review of that next week. And you can get that replaced for free with any color that you choose. So,
1: okay, <laughs> right. cool, but yeah. <laughs>
2: so we'll have plenty more stuff coming in the future. Uh, as excited as everybody is to buy these cards, that's the reason everyone's so mad that they can't buy these cards. Uh, all these manufacturers are very pumped about ampere and they are as many as i have time to review they'll keep sending me them so hopefully we'll have a lot of good info for you soon
1: nice uh and the 3070 launches around the corner as well you know there's there's talk (laughs) of new uh
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs) new stuff
1: on uh on the amd's horizon um that's
2: probably going to be even more popular 3070. I guess I'm guessing that's going to be the big one. Uh, I'm interested to see what. Remember, because Elena was thinking
0: 3070 would sell out faster than the high end cards. They They all sold sold out immediately. They all sold out immediately. So I think it's (laughs) we all win.
1: Well, um, you know, speaking of having extra money to burn, uh, buying a 390, uh, Microsoft decided to skip that because uh, the bots had it all sold out and they, they went and bought Bethesda instead. Uh, I guess the yeah. bots didn't get on the Bethesda sale. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's kind of a big deal. What, what does that mean for PC gaming? Does that mean no Bethesda games are ever coming to anything other than an Xbox? Brad?
2: Well, the good news is it doesn't mean anything bad for PC gaming. Because, as we talked about on here before, Microsoft is all in on treating its games ecosystem just as, hey, play our games no matter what our hardware you want to play it on. If you have an Xbox, sweet, you can play our games. If you have a PC, sweet, you can play our games. Do You want them on Steam? Sure, we'll put our games on Steam too, whatever. Subscribe to xCloud. Subscribe to Ultimate Game Pass. Uh, so if you want to play Elder Scrolls in the future, if you want to play Doom, you want to play Wolfenstein, uh, you want to play Quake? Uh, Microsoft owns all that now Prey, Arcane Studios, which is one of my favorite Studios, uh, Dishonored Microsoft just swooped that up To put it in perspective uh, Bethesda is one of the few companies That holds its own separate E3 event every year So this is a a mammoth Mammoth win for Microsoft Assuming it's going to pass regulation Which I see no reason why it wouldn't Uh, And so everyone keeps saying Hey, Xbox doesn't have the games Where are the games? They got the games now. They got Skyrim's successor. They have the next Fallout game. Uh, and I would be shocked if those wind up on PlayStation. But here on the PC, Microsoft's already talking about integrating those games in the Game Pass. So
1: I, I Xbox. That. Yeah. I mean, like, to, to think all of the Bethesda games coming day one to to Game Pass. Like David in the chat said, yeah, makes Game Pass a no-brainer yeah. uh, at this point.
2: To me, it already was ten bucks a month. Even now that it's out of beta, it's went from five to ten bucks. Like Xbox Game Pass is ridiculous uh, for the amount of gaming hours and quality of games that you get. Having Skyrim on there, having Fallout Four on there, and stuff—that's that's, that's going to be great. And now that they're Microsoft owned, Microsoft has pledged to bring all of its first party titles to Game Pass on day one. So does that mean if you're a Game Pass subscriber, do you get? You know, Elder Scrolls six for free? Or not for free, as part of your subscription on day one? That's very oh, likely. Sure. So
1: oh, I'm sure that's
2: that's great for PC gamers. Sucks to be a PlayStation owner, but that's great for PC gamers and Xbox gamers.
0: I mean Do you think so, though? Or do you think this really I mean, I would assume it would mean they don't wanna publish it on PlayStation, but I do wonder if they don't really care. You know, they'd no, rather they make money. Do they well, okay. I
1: mean Phil Spencer has said they'll they're gonna treat it as a game-by-game basis you know they obviously you know if if it makes sense i think if it's one of those things where it's like hey you know what we could we're either going to use it as a leverage item or we're going to get you know gangbuster money from it uh i I think that's why they're going to treat it you know case by case minecraft they'll put it on anything it'll it'll run on anything because they know that's just a cash cow and it doesn't really behoove them to use that as necessarily a you know.
2: It was already on everything before they bought Microsoft. Exactly. As well. Well, Elder Scrolls Six isn't out
1: yet. I- well, and Skyrim <laughs> has literally come yeah. to like Amazon Alexa. So you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually I tend to think that that the, the next Elder Scrolls will be. I don't think Starfield will be. I think Starfield is going to be one of those like tentpole kind of like, hey, you know what? It's just on Microsoft stuff. But I, I doubt know.
2: it. I think Elder. I think all their big flagship games. You don't spend seven point five billion dollars on a company
1: to then.
2: Put those games on playstation i think i think i wouldn't be surprised if they wind up doing kind of like what sony itself is doing now with the pc where they just put out horizon zero dawn and the stranding years after a year after the strandy came out a few years after horizon zero dawn came out mm-hmm. i wouldn't be surprised to see microsoft do that be like hey you know we've had elder scrolls on windows 10 and xbox for a year two years now we'll oh. bring it to playstation
1: okay yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. what i mean yeah like definitely day and date is is a whole separate thing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. But I mean, I could still see at some point, you know, I mean, they're yep. still porting, like I said, Skyrim to to random things, uh, yep. you know, so many years after I, launch.
2: What I'm really hopeful for, there's a couple of things I find interesting about this. One between Exile Entertainment and Obsidian, which are two companies that Microsoft already bought in the past. They're excellent CRPG makers. Between those two companies and Bethesda, they basically have everybody who's worked on Fallout games. So we could be in for I'm a huge Fallout fan. We could yep. be in for some good stuff. At this point they own Obsidian, they own Bethesda.
1: New Vegas 2. I
2: mean there's New Vegas too, hopefully. We'll see. I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of internal politics about that, but I would love to see it. Uh and I forget what the other point I was gonna make was gonna be because I got so excited thinking about Fallout <laughs> New Vegas too. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you know,
0: I it's it occurs to me it's weird. The PC is actually gonna be the Casablanca in the future, right? Because mm-hmm. Sony they're like, you know what? Let's make more money. We'll sell a PC version. Yeah. Microsoft will sell a PC version, but they may not sell a PlayStation Five version. So
1: that's how it should be.
0: It's We're like Rick's Bar. It's like Rick's <laughs> Bar and Castle Blankets. Safe, safe haven for all is a PC.
1: No, uh, no. Okay. If only Nintendo could get on that bandwagon too, but they would. I don't think that's they would not going to happen. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I. What? You know what? I hope gets on the bandwagon. I hope uh, part of this buy. I hope that. Microsoft provides more quality assurance testers to Bethesda. Because that's the one big knock with Bethesda. All the games are always so buggy, right? Which, to be fair, I think is partly because of their ambition. There's nobody else making games like that big open world games where you can just do whatever, all the interactions. And I think that's always going to happen. But if Microsoft's able to give them even more QA help, I mean, great. <laughs> do you, you know what I, f- I think is interesting, though, is,
0: I mean, if you look, look long term, 10 years out, I mean, they, Microsoft is very much in, and they've said, I, th- I saw an interview with Saya and he was just saying like, yeah, you know what? We're, we'll be looking at other companies to buy. It's like, you know, Netflix and Amazon, they basically realize they have to own their own studios to own content because content is king,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? So, I mean, they'll keep buying it, but their, their idea is like, look, we're gonna, we'll keep giving you games. You know, part of the future will be stream games. There'll still be Xbox, there'll still be PC, but they have to own the content to guarantee that they have a good supply of it, right?
2: Yeah. And now that started to happen because Netflix got hot and then all the content owners, you know, Universal and Fox and all them started pulling their stuff off and said, we want to do our own instead. So I can see the, I can see the thinking behind that. I also get some people are worried about, you know, the centralization of AAA power within the industry, like it has been in newspapers and media and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I can get those worries as well, but... There are so many game developers out there. I'm less concerned about that than I and also, am in those other industries.
1: I mean, there, there's things in the past that have, have done that and not panned out. I mean, EA was buying lots of companies yeah. for a long time there, and then they just like, sk- screwed it up left and right, you know, and look yep. where EA is now. So, like, it's it's I definitely, mean, it can go wrong, you know. <laughs> yeah, it, it can
0: go wrong, but it's also, I mean, the problem with EA is they don't own everything, right? They don't, they basically are a publisher. They're, they're probably more of a traditional straight-up studio, right?
2: They EA? don't have also, yeah. No, they EA, they, I mean, they owned
1: they owned a lot of developers. Well, he's like,
2: yeah, he's talking about not owning the. Xboxes they don't have hardware. The they don't have Xbox. Oh, I see what you mean. I see what they you mean. They didn't have. A, I don't know if they have about a streaming hardware, service, yeah. but they didn't have a streaming service. So
0: they really were playing catch up with a lot of things. So Microsoft basically has it all. They basically, they own the hardware. They own the streaming service. I mean, they're really set up for long for really big long run to basically own all gaming. You know, and EA is a little tougher because. Yeah, they sell primarily on console, owned by PlayStation and and Microsoft. They also sell on PC, which is you know basically Windows for the most part for gaming. So they have to to always work with those partners. They can't just ha- sort of pull everybody in their corner, you know.
2: I think it's interesting to point out, like you were just saying, uh, EA itself wasn't even putting Madden on PC till two or three years ago. So so PC is truly becoming you know the go to place. Casablanca. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, somebody was asking earlier Oh, uh, Dennis Siberian, friend of the show uh, was asking, do we think that the the Bethesda launcher is going to go to the way of the Dodo? And they'll God, leave it I just... hope so yeah, right, they'll put it on <laughs> Steam and, and Microsoft Store. <laughs> I
2: hope so uh, I would fully expect that because they already own the Microsoft Store, why bother with the, the Bethesda launcher uh, is garbage we actually ran a whole piece about how garbage it is uh, so yeah, hopefully uh, that actually, it might, I'm not sure if it's that, but Bethesda's Madness for some reason. We haven't gotten review codes of games from them in a while. Uh, so we did something to piss them off. So hopefully now that Microsoft don't, maybe we'll start getting review copies
1: again. Maybe, maybe we'll see. <laughs> uh, also, there's there's some chatter uh, in, on YouTube asking, do we think uh, that Microsoft's going to buy Epic? Do you think they could no. they could go that way?
2: No, Epic's worth way too much money, and they're fighting Apple right now, which Bethesda would never have a chance of doing. Epic is Epic at this point.
0: You know, I have this question because it seems to me like like a wonderful crown jewel to own, and I don't know how much it would cost. But Nintendo, like, what would it cost to buy Nintendo?
2: I don't. Like that I, to th- me- I think it'll cost more than Microsoft or Sony would be willing to pay. And I how think I, I think uh, people right. believe in the Nintendo magic. And I, it's hard. I think they would lose a lot of that allure to people who believe in the Nintendo magic when it gets bought by something like Microsoft or Sony.
0: What about Apple buying Nintendo?
2: Oh yeah, well, but they, they just, take, Apple Arcade. <laughs> well, but they're
1: they're not on like Apple has just never been great about games. Like they, you know, Nintendo they they could do it. Yeah. Uh. At, at least, uh, you know, I don't know if this is true or not. I'm seeing some things on a, a quick Google search that. Uh, at least a couple of years ago they Nintendo was valued uh, just shy of forty billion. Uh
2: that's a lot of bees. That's
1: that's a lot of billion. Wow, <laughs> that's
2: that's hard to believe. I just it's don't... the best selling console. Yeah, like dude, the switch Nintendo's huge S- Switch sells, man.
1: Like if yeah. uh, of the list of best selling consoles of all time and the list of best selling games of all time, Nintendo dominates. <laughs> uh yeah. So.
0: I guess Tim Cook could just dig into between the couches and break out some, you know, oh forty billion, I'll just I'll give it to you right now. I mean that's for Apple that would that'd be
2: chump change, I would think. For Epic, by the way, I just this just popped in my head just to circle back to that real quick. Like a lot of their value, aside from the Epic Game Store and Fortnite and whatnot, is the Unreal engine and it, you know, running on everything. And I think like when they they just got into this big fight with Apple. Yeah, they they gave up Fortnite access, but they went to court and fought over Unreal Engine. So games can use Unreal Engine on iOS because the whole value of that is you can run it anywhere, you can do anything. And I think if Microsoft or Sony did buy it, that would immediately nuke some of that proposition as well. Just like we talk about with Nvidia and Arm.
1: Hmm. Uh, somebody, in the, somebody in the chat oh. saying that Nintendo is worth uh, seventy-four billion right now, supposedly. That's oh, even confirmed. more bees. <laughs> i mean the switch you know the switch was huge
2: my switch my controller like two or three months after this lockdown started my i got the controller drift issue on my switch which sucks it does suck. uh and i couldn't even buy replacement controllers that's how hard switch hardware selling out i had to go with the third-party controller because mm-hmm. i couldn't couldn't even get the controller replacements
1: hmm.
0: yeah. i just
2: uh, yeah 75 billion that's
0: that's a pretty big <laughs> I'm, that's I'm that's ten times lately. this Bethesda.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Microsoft has money. They're probably in the trillions of, of worth for sure. <laughs> but, well, well yeah. <laughs> but still,
0: yeah. I don't know if you could ever see a $75 billion return on Nintendo if you bought them. So. No.
1: That's a lot of money, yeah. <laughs> also, I, I'm personally at least glad that Nintendo is separate. You know, like I, that, that, that trifecta of, you know, Sony doing their thing, Nintendo doing their thing, Microsoft doing their thing. They're all... Uniquely have a you know something going yeah. on that, that benefits gamers, uh, and they all can play in their own space. Uh, I think personally, so I,
0: I do wonder, just sort of like which which model is going to shake out in the future. You know, who's going to win? You know, like
1: this I don't think there's fashion- a win. I, 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 think I really think every, all, the gamer wins. They they get to <laughs> pick and choose whatever oh, no. they want.
0: But I mean, for the actual business entity, I wonder if there's going to be a model that's going to be clearly you have to own you have to own the studio. You have to own the streaming service and you have to also own the hardware as well, you know, if that's going to be the model of the future. (laughs) That's going to leave old-fashioned publishers like Ubi and EA out because they basically sell to everybody else. Or will there just be room for
2: the old school folks to also sell their games because there's plenty of money in it? I don't see the end of traditional publishing and studios and developers and whatnot just because – it is such big business to buy the big ones like this, like 7.5 billion. That's seven Instagrams, you know, 10 years later or whatever. That's a lot of money. Like Microsoft is Microsoft and this benefits them for Azure. It benefits them for game pass. It benefits them for all kinds of ways across the business. And they're one of the few trillion dollar companies. I couldn't see Sony or Nintendo putting up 10% of their company to To buy game studios this size, and this, and EA or Ubisoft or whatever, would be much bigger.
1: I mean, but luckily Nintendo does have. I mean, the Nintendo is first party. Like yeah. you know, the first party is yeah. strong, so you know, I think yep. they they worry a little bit less about it. Also, somebody in the chat once again, I I have not uh, double checked it, but somebody in the chat said, uh, at least according to their earnings, Nintendo made eight billion last year, just <laughs> in one year. So
2: that's net. Net profit of $8,000? i have no got idea. A, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, the Switch sells, man, as fast as they can make them. What everyone's complaining about for RTX 3080s right now, it's been like that for a lot of the Switch's lifetime. Yeah, yeah. A lot of Tegras.
1: <laughs> so, anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, I think we should jump to some, uh, some Q&A, because we, we got some, some interesting random questions. Uh, any more thoughts okay. on Bethesda? All right. Uh, well, if you want to get your questions in at any time uh, during the week, you sh- the best place to do it is on our Discord channel. We have a, uh, uh, a, uh, a not a channel, a, I guess it's a channel. Server. Yeah. Well, in the Discord ch- yeah, server, there is a channel for full questions. You put them in there anytime. I'll, I'll read them here. Or if you want to at me uh, in the chat right now, I'll, I'll try to get to it. Uh, the first one I'm going to talk about is from uh, Ram K. He gave us uh, 50 I think that's Rupal's. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Earlier it said, will a Core i5-8400 with DD4, DDR4 uh, RAM at 2400 MHz bottleneck uh, a RTX 3080
2: in 4K? No. Once you get up to 4K, you're purely talking about GPU bound. Uh, there are some games where it will make a difference. Uh I could see it making a difference. Like, it, at GTA five it starts to really level out. Uh, it, and if you start going to, the, like, eSports titles and stuff, if you're looking to play that at crazy frame rates, it might. But practically, like, the CPU doesn't matter at 4K. Like, you'll be fine with, your, with that with the 3080.
0: Yeah. It's not worth spending extra money on a new CPU for that.
1: Okay. Uh also we just got a super chat from Matthew Lang, friend of the show. Uh five dollars, thank you. Said any updates on the full nerd shirts. I promise I am working on it. Uh we're trying to find the right distributor who has, you know, decent pricing and good quality. The the stuff we've looked at so far has been lacking on the quality side, so uh it it's just taken time to to do that. So that's totally on me. But thank you for reminding me. I, I'll keep working on that.
2: I'm wearing Kyle's Bitwit shirt. I mean, I'll start wearing a full nerd shirt if you make it. I,
1: him. I, know, I know, I know, I know. I mean, I, yeah, sure. I, I definitely <laughs> want to find a good partner. Um, I mean, we could roll out, you know, like different uh, different partners, you know, with different products. Like, who's uh, um, was at uh, Teespring, actually. I, I was really happy with their stickers and their posters, but not so much with their shirts. So, I mean, we could have a couple different storefronts. I don't know. It's 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 hard. It's complicated, (laughs) you know. Uh, Anyway, a lot to think about, a lot to work on. I am not much of a glad. I just have to
2: test graphics cards. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, All right. uh, Here we go. Uh, Bad dog on Discord asked uh, at any point, Brad. At any point during your Ampere testing, did you think, "Damn, these radiate so much heat, it's uncomfortable"?
2: No, not once. The coolers are super effective. Uh, I. It didn't jack up the temperature in my room. I mean, obviously, the air has to go somewhere, but you know, I, I test with an AC in the window kind of a deal, and you know, I keep it. I haven't had any issues. This is not, yes, they use a lot of power, uh, which we've bashed on Vega before. Some people I've seen people in different forums saying, oh, NVIDIA gets a free pass when AMD doesn't, etc., etc. Uh, those Vega those vega cards they got it got hot in the room they were loud uh these coolers are work perfectly fine and they actually give you awesome performance that you couldn't get before whereas vega struggled to match a 1080 so it's not nvidia getting a free pass it's them you know putting the pedal to the metal yes but also pushing the bar forward you know with that so okay
1: Uh, we just got a a question in, uh, YouTube, uh, from Shane blue Thompson asking, how come nobody's talking about RTX IO?
2: Because it's not out yet. Uh, it's actually, you know, I'm super pumped about the frame rate increases and everything that this generation provides like true, no compromises, 4k gaming, uh, way over 60. That's great. But RTX IO, if it lives up to the hype, that could be even more of a game changer, uh, unfortunately, it's it's based on Windows uh, Direct Storage API, which is built on DirectX 12. Uh, and it's not going to be until developer hands until next year. So we're looking at next year, probably, when we start to see games get it. That being said, uh, it's, it's the underpinnings of the storage technology in the Xbox One X. So if all these publishers are making Series games X. already... Series X. Uh. So anyway, if... Uh, the publishers are already making games for xbox series x and you know are they're they're practicing they're using this technology on the consoles i would think that once it comes out into the pc it'll be a pretty quick turnaround for games to start to support them uh i hope that happens because it sounds awesome you know killing or drastically reducing game loading times but no one's getting excited about it nobody's testing it yet because it's not going to be here for at least till next year it's, it's it looks good though. I that's like I said. That's I'm excited about the potential.
1: Okay. Xeno uh, <clears throat> asked earlier, uh, what game do you guys look forward to this fall, and why is it Cyberpunk 2077?
2: Uh, it's Cyberpunk 2077 because <laughs> The Witcher Three uh, finally managed to topple Deus Ex as my favorite game of all time. Uh, CD Projekt Red has done good by its customers for the entire lifetime of The Witcher 3's existence and it's going to have all kinds of badass ray tracing effects so
1: very I'm free. down very <laughs> Gordon anything you're looking forward to
0: uh you and know why is it, um, uh... <laughs> I actually want. I got an email today about something called Squad 1.0 I'm, I'm interested in trying out so I think it was like built as a mod for Battlefield 2 and I'm like I was a huge Battlefield fan so 2 anyway um I played three as well, but uh, I'm interested to see how this this mod is because I guess they're pushing it as a big giant, you know, like world of you know battlefield. So <laughs> I'm actually interested in that, and of course world of, world of warships. But you know, I don't really play the advanced games that much. I am thinking about buying uh, Call of Duty, the the one that's actually popular now, and that actually is not like previous Call of Duties and the little tiny worlds they use.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I continue to play Modern Warfare. I'm, I'm still having fun with it, so... Yeah. yeah. It's great. Um,
2: a is already out, but I haven't had time to play it. Wasteland 3.
1: Oh, yep. I recently signed up for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, uh, and Wasteland 3 is on there, so... Yep. Uh, so
2: is Crusader Kings 3. Like, Game Pass is s- such a ridiculous value. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
1: um. All right. Uh. D. Liedi... Uh, Asked earlier on YouTube, uh, do you guys think we are rushing resolutions? 1080p 144Hz is not working 100% for all games. 2K 144Hz is rare even with high-end GPUs. 4K 60fps is quite hard, and now we're talking 8K already? NVIDIA is
2: talking 8K, (laughs) is what I would say to that. Uh, It's kind of a chicken-and-egg scenario, but... uh... Yeah, I agree in general like even 4K is a niche at this point. Uh to me 144Hz not every game engine is ever going to support that. Uh and uh CPU could become a bottleneck because of that at 1080p. Uh 1440p 144Hz is really the sweet spot. We're only in the last year or two starting to see people really recognize that when you see gamers talking about what monitor they upgrade to, they're finally talking about that. Uh But 4K monitors do exist. We are. It is a niche still, I agree. But, you know, you can't stop the the relentless onward pace of technology. Yeah, you know what's actually kind of interesting from a laptop
0: point of view, which didn't get a lot of coverage because they didn't really announce it. There's no hard product yet. But ASUS had a live stream on Twitch where they said they actually are going to be getting back into um, 1440p panels. So you will start to see high refresh 1440p panels in Asus gaming laptops, which I awesome. think is huge because I mean, 1080, 1080p on a 15 inch panel is, is yeah. a little tough. It's a little, it's a little, it's a little loose. And then you push that to 17.3. It's really just kind of like you can see the the pixels. They're just so yeah. damn big. So I think, and there's not enough resolution for regular work. So I'm actually very excited for 1440p you know, 17.3 and, and 15.6 panels in a gaming laptop because uh, yeah. that's the, like the best of both worlds. You get high frame rate, you get a decent resolution, but not so high that you, you know, old people like me can't see the, anything on the screen.
2: And 4K really isn't worth it on the laptop because the, the things are, it kills battery life and the screens are so small, like text gets real wonky without scaling and stuff like that. 1440p makes a lot of sense for panels. Uh, one of our colleagues jared newman actually did an article for us about why there are no 1440p panels so if someone wants to look into that in the future look into that go google it it's an awesome piece i'm Mm -hmm. real excited to hear that asus is going 1440 144 hertz
0: yeah and 4k yeah it's generally not recommended i think unless you need it for video editing but Mm -hmm. i wish i do wish and the scaling has gotten a lot better in windows 10 but there's Mm -hmm. just so many weird things it's all those legacy apps that just don't scale right, because they're yep. older applications that will never be updated to support scaling in Windows 10.
1: Also, I uh, for me, something else that, that's weird that kind of points to this is that, you know, Twitch still just te- uh, tap, uh, caps out at 1080p60. No high refresh rate, nothing higher than 4K. YouTube can stream at 4K60, which I, I like to do. That's why I did it at series Sam yesterday, but, like, not many people are doing that. It's just, like... You know, like streaming is still very much locked into 1080p60, uh, yep. and so yeah, I, I, I'm curious to see, like, you know, if that's if that's uh, a part of it too. You know, that people Hi. just aren't watching it.
2: Yeah, they're they're niche, but I think another way you can look at you know this thing saying we're moving too fast is saying yes, that is happening on the I end. They're talking about AK and a 1500 dollars card. That's ridiculous. Uh, but on the flip side of that. We're getting really, really awesome 1440p and 1080p performance from much cheaper cards now. Like, 1440p, you couldn't afford that short of a $500 card five years ago. Now, I would be surprised, would not be surprised, if the $250 cards give you pretty damn good 1440p uh, gaming when they come out from AMD and NVIDIA later this year or early next year. Like so many people using 1080p displays and 1440p displays is part of the reason why NVIDIA was able to make the move to add RT cores and tensor cores now, because yes, most people don't have 4k displays. Most people don't have 8K displays, which is just stupid. Uh, and we're getting so maxed out at 1080p that now they can take the time to integrate this in and build it back up. So I, it was actually a very smart time for Nvidia to add this stuff, especially with the big lead they had in front of A and B. So the it's 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 shades of highest quality pixels, and I don't want to be a meme, but you can do more with the graphics, like integrate integrate ray tracing and stuff like that, because we do have that extra headroom at the low end now. So. There are benefits to it.
1: Nice. All right. Next question from a friend of the show, Baynato on Discord. Uh, has Brad been keeping up, uh, checking out the undervolting stories on the three thousand or thirty series? Uh,
2: I've seen them. I have not had a chance to test it myself. Uh, there's been a lot of testing <laughs> uh, in multiple vendors, but yeah, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see if that's true. Who was it? Hardware Lux base somewhere. One of those European sites, I think, did uh, undervolt and test and found that they managed to undervolt the 3080 quite a bit and only lose 5% performance at 4K. So if power delivery, uh, power usage does matter to you, uh, go check that stuff out. It sounds sounds a lot like uh, Vega was, where they were pushing it just to get as much performance as possible. It really seems like that's what NVIDIA is doing here. Uh, and that's what AMD did with Vega. And so undervolting it, depending on your chip, uh, could potentially get you a lot more efficiency for very little performance loss, and it sounds like that's what people are starting to see with these. So if that matters, definitely go check that out. That can also mean
0: it's a good sign that we're just going to see this die in laptops because you're definitely not going to push it as hard as a desktop part. Mm -hmm. And if you can successfully get... A ton of efficiency at that lower voltage. That's very laptop-like, right?
2: Yep. I think it's very telling. Uh, Again, my review. Give me a second to open this up. My review of the MSI Gaming X Trio 3090 isn't coming out until tomorrow. But in our power testing, here it is. So that has 85 megahertz overclock versus the Founders Edition, which runs reference specs. Which doesn't functionally give it performance increase in the real world, but the Founders Edition full load power use for the for the system whole system power draw was 500 watts. That 85 megahertz with uh, the MSI Gaming Trio overclock put it up to 581 watts. So I think it's it's clear that these are operating close close to any more extra, they're, they're up close to the limits. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> one one watt per megahertz, it sounds like. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: nice. So yeah, undervolt you will probably do these well.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, so we have uh, somebody looking for some uh, PSU recommendations. Uh, they're planning on running uh, four 3090s plus a 3990WX with one PSU uh, on two 20-amp circuits uh, for machine learning upgrading from four Titan RTXs. Uh, right now, they have an AX1600i, a Corsair AX1600i. Uh, any suggestions on really high-end PSUs?
0: You can't... Well, you know, you could try to contact uh thermal tank. They actually made uh, a larger power supply than the 1600s that were out on the market because I think you can't go over 1600 watts in the u.s um that's your big issue is we're 110 so you just can't you just can't do it you'll light your house on fire um so i think your only answer is to run multiple power supplies and you know i we had a 1600 watt machine we built with you know custom loops and so many fans that we would pop the breaker on one so you definitely would need two Where you're running off to, I guess, I think the thing is you run it downstairs in the dryer. Somebody needs to make (laughs) a dryer adapter so you can run your PC off of for your, (laughs) for your machine learning. But I can't think of anybody. I mean, there are companies, they make them, but they sell them for industrial use because consumers, they're just, there's so much liability with you sell to somebody and they light their house on fire with it. So, but I would definitely contact them to see like, Hey, I, I know the dangers of this. I want to buy it and I'm going to wire it up correctly. The companies do have industrial power supplies that exceed what most consumers can get. Thermaltake did have one I saw; it's it probably ten or twelve years ago, but they probably have it. You know, all the all the big power supply makers I'm sure have industrial power supplies. You may want to check out.
1: And I'm sorry, I I can't remember his name. the The uh, Johnny Guru is that his name at Corsair, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, is yeah. is he active on Twitter? Do you know if uh, if that's somebody you could ask? obviously he works for Corsair but i i mean i feel I, like he's a pretty e- straightforward guy
0: yeah i can email him and ask i don't think you know corsair's you know mostly focused on consumers i don't imagine they would make and you know people are 1600 watt power supplies outside of mining nobody buys those babies anymore so it's um it's not really a big it's not like this it was you know 15 years ago when everybody wanted 1200 and 1600 watt power supplies so I would, yeah. They may or may not have one. I doubt it, but I do know I saw like a 2,000 watt thermal take, you know, unit, you know, several years ago. So, mm.
2: okay. And and it'll be ugly, but like Gordon said, if it comes down to it, two power supplies will work. Just pop the other one on the top and run it through the back or whatever. Mm. Run the cord yeah. through the back.
0: That's okay. probably your best answer. You know, unfortunately, it's ugly and horrible. But
1: mm. okay. Uh, we just got uh, 100 rupees. Thank you from uh, Karthik. Uh, said Brad, "Is it worth paying extra for the MSI Trio over the Tough or the Galax?" Uh,
2: I haven't reviewed any of those other cards. Uh, the TUF, uh, from the reviews I've seen of it, uh, assuming we're talking about the 3080, because we still haven't seen very many 3090s yet.
1: Yeah, sorry, he he, he does not <laughs> specify, but I'm I'm uh, going to try to say. 3082
2: that's uh the tough looks like it offers an awful lot of value for the uh you know it's it's msrp priced so the msi gaming x trio uh comes like with a bracket in the box and much better cooling and stuff like that uh but i don't think you'll see any performance differences out of it so it's 50 or 60 bucks more than the tough would be so, I don't know. I, I haven't tested that card myself. So, I think it would come down to any feature differences and quality of life differences. I could tell you the Game Next Trio is virtually silent and runs, I think, 73 degrees, uh, which is great. The Tough also did better than the Founders Edition. So, I would get the Tough based off like Steve at Hardware and Box review over the Founders Edition. But I can't talk about the two custom cards specifically like that. Check the features, check the quality of life. I think they'll say offer the same basic, you know, experience. So it'll come down to like the tough has, and this is actually something I meant to mention in my 3090 section. The tough, instead of uh, like the Pounder Edition, and a lot of other cards, the stock configuration for ports on these is one HDMI 2.1 and three display ports, which you know will be fine for most people who are just running multiple monitors or whatever. Uh, the tough does two display ports and two HDMI 2.1. And that is good if you have an HDMI monitor or you want to output to a TV and also have a VR headset because VR headsets these days need HDMI as well. So that's a key selling point for the Asus graphics cards. They're mm. two HDMI ports.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Okay.
2: I think it matters more on the 3090 than the 3080, because if you're spending $1,500 on a graphic card for gaming, you're probably more likely to be into the 8K TV claims and high-end virtual reality. So I think it matters more there, but it is a key difference.
1: Okay, uh, nice. Uh, we just got $5 from uh, Evocati Productions. Thank you. He said, hey, I finally got a 380 congratulations yeah uh, he's about to open up an rtx 3080 discord to help others get one it's a good idea maybe we should steal that for the full the discord uh <laughs> no. the 3080 is so hard to get it's insane no question just wanted to yeah. shout out there that's that's congratulations awesome. yeah and, you're a unicorn yeah. they're actually
2: like i said there's as much stock of this as from everything i'm told as before it's just everybody wants them so good on you man
1: yeah uh okay a couple more uh, and then we can get out of here. Um, uh bainado has another one uh why are full tower cases still a thing from what i can tell you've got so much room for stagnant air that unless you're running some kind of two-in-one rig that it's actually worse overall to go for a bigger case even these massive gpus fit in a mid tower
0: well Well, go ahead i i don't even know what what do you even mean by full tower anymore because honestly Today's mid-tower used to be a mini-tower, and everything is sized down a lot. And um, I will tell you, I like full towers to build in because, you know, it's just like working on a car. Little cars are a pain in the butt to work on. You're you're cutting your hands. You can't fit anything in there. If you try to put a full-size Threadripper board into a little ass tiny mid-tower case, it ain't no fun. It just is no fun. You just You're just... It's a massive compromise. You can barely get any hardware in there. Full tower cases really have a use. And that's really if you're going to stuff a lot of hardware into them. You know, big giant motherboards. If you're doing custom loops, full towers are great for that. You know, the problem is you don't need it anymore for Tri SLI or even, you know, two cards anymore. It's just that's dead. So you could almost see like, yeah, maybe you need the space elsewhere, but we go to fewer, you know,
2: slots. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Like I was saying, our own test rig is a mid-tower case because, you know, a standard gaming PC setup, like, you don't need as much space as you used to. But full towers, for all the reasons Gordon just said, still work out. And I actually was regretting this being a mid-tower, testing the 3090 in particular, because now for these high-end cards, like, coolers are getting freaking big. Uh, And it won't make a difference for gaming because SLI is dead. Uh, NVIDIA said they're not even going to do SLI profiles after this year. Uh, but I really, really, really wanted to put the two 3090s I had in here to run some DaVinci Resolve benchmarks because I think I could have been the first one on the internet with that. But because I don't have a full tower, I couldn't do that. So if you're gonna have a sound card, if you're gonna have you know graphics cards, you're gonna load up with you know M.2 adapters and stuff like that. Like some people just need the extra space. It's, it tends to be more for professional, for consumer and gamer. Uh, get a smaller case.
0: And I, I, I know there's concerns about airflow, but you got a full size tower, put
2: more fans in it. Yep. Fans are like 10 bucks, so. <laughs> That's was my good choice too Just put another fan in there, there's plenty of headers
1: yeah, just Add, 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 add. Uh, Alright, a couple more We just got $10 in from Matthew Lang Thank you, thank you uh, said, in the 90s and to 2000s People wanted to fill up all their PCI slots uh, Now single slot GPUs are a thing And dual system cases are the new Occupy the case uh, yep. What do you think will be next? <sighs> Boy Integrated I, graphics. <laughs> it's
0: okay. You mean as far as f- form factors that everybody wants? I think, I feel like we're sort of settling down as today's current, you know, mini tower, mid tower, again, as sort of the form factor we'll probably have for quite a while. I would push for changes to ATX. That's never going to happen. So we'll be stuck with this for a long time. But um, clearly it's into aesthetics. You know, everybody's optical drives are firmly dead for everybody. So. We've, we've, but I mean, I can't imagine it changing much, you know, you, maybe it would be nice if we had like micro ATX seems like the perfect form factor for today's gaming builds, but nobody uses them. The micro ATX boards generally stink, you know, mini ATX boards are almost better than most micro ATX boards. So maybe motherboard vendors actually make really good micro ATX boards, and everybody settles on those instead of, you know, full ATX.
2: I think things are just going to keep getting smaller, just kind of tying back to that old question. Like, if you look at last gen's uh, Founder's Edition 2070, it was already a mini-ITX board or damn close to it. And I think, you know, (coughs) obviously it's not going to be the case at the high end where we need these big, ridiculous coolers to keep these, like, crazy-ass chips cool. But I think in general we're going to start seeing cases, which we already have been, just slim down more and more and more and more. <laughs> yeah, but you know, some argument against that is we've already gone through this.
0: I thought, I thought we were going to really have it with, you know, I call them micro towers. You, you had those like slim Xbox-sized machines that were fat. Everybody made like, them. You had the original Alienware, like the Falcon Tiki or whatever. The Falcon yeah. Tiki, you know, uh, uh, Digital Storm had one. They all had these sort of mini boxes. But it kind of like wow, these things are really awesome because they're so compact. And then they went away. People just they like the openness of a of what today is you know called the mid tower. I used to yeah. be called the mini tower, and I really feel like that is like that's where we're going to settle down for the next ten years. So I don't think it's really going to get smaller. I think there will be some, you know. They're always going to be smaller machines, but they're always going to be niche. You know, the average gamer is going to want the uniform ability to upgrade and tinker in a, a mid-tower case, I think.
2: I think it would be cool if NVIDIA winds up putting out an RTX processor that you can buy on a board, which was one of the rumors, potentially. Or not rumors, but it was speculation that turned into a rumor for the uh, 30 series here. Like Was there like 90. a patent or something? Yeah, they, they also have a patent, but... Uh, that would be a cool way to make use of some of the extra use in the case if you do want to step up on ray tracing. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes.
1: Uh,
2: I,
0: I'm just trying to think of what, what could change. Do you think – I'm just kind of wondering if RGB is ever going to go away. I really feel like mm-hmm. one day people are going to wake up and never want RGB again. It will be like <laughs> bell-bottom just, pants suddenly in the 1980s. You know, like, you just turn that off. Up-
1: <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't think it'll go away if it, you know it might be diminished at some point but i don't think it'll go away um we got a, a couple more questions really good ones i want to get to but we did get another ten dollar chat thank you so much from uh mike Ro- Roylance. said by sem- by december 2020 do you think there will be more physical uh 30 series uh gpus in consumers hands or the even the Radeon 6000 series
2: yeah, uh, they're working to restock stuff right now. EVGA has said there's going to be thousands more in the next couple of weeks. Uh, all these companies want you to buy their cards. They exist for you to buy their cards, and they want that to happen. So it's it's just going to keep going. It might be a rough month. That's what uh, previous gen launches have shown, like the 20 series the first month or so. you know, It sold out, and you saw dribs and drabs. But after a month or so, it kind of freed up Uh I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case here as well, especially once Navi starts, you know, big Navi gets revealed the end of next month. I'm sure NVIDIA will want to have its stuff flood in the streets as much as possible by then. It's just logistics in 2020 might you know throw some sort of wrench in things.
1: <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, two last ones this is, this is a fun one from Dennis, a uh, friend of the show. Uh, what is the proper way to clean your PC or laptop? What tools and chemical solutions are good to use and what is a no-no? Compressed air is definitely one of my <laughs> main tools. <laughs>
2: yeah, I don't go too. I don't go too nuts. Compressed air, you know. That's yeah. the big one. You use I use uh, electrical grade Clorox wipes to kind of wipe everything down inside when I open it up. I do it once or twice a year. Uh, you don't need to go crazy. <laughs>
0: you know, and yeah, definitely on the laptop, especially with these ultrabooks, those really really thin fans get clogged up with dust. It's actually mm-hmm. really good to actually blow out the fan on occasion. I actually had to do that with a laptop. That it, I thought the fan was failing. It was just clogged up with dust. Uh, I also use uh, baby wipes on the top, the, the C-Lid, which is basically a keyboard deck. I use baby wipes to clean the keyboard off. Uh, I do that on my regular keyboard, too. Baby wipes are really good because it's just basically you know liquid and soap, right? It's, it's for a baby's butt.
1: Well, isn't you know, isopropyl alcohol better because it, it it can...
0: Well, I you're just you know you're just cleaning a keyboard so it's... <laughs> well but i know it could
1: get in the keyboard though you know i like, guess what i'm always what? worried about like you no, know like I mean, they're not that wet. getting in the keyboard
0: <laughs> it's not that wet they're not that wet and i mean baby wipes what's nice is it's you know it's they don't soak them they generally you know they're they're they don't come out like some of these these clorox wipes that people are buying it's like there's liquid dripping off of them
1: it is baby wipes weird, yeah.
0: are are very they're damp they're like when they say you know all the instructions say take a damp cloth and wipe gently that's basically what a, a baby wipe is generally because it's, it's a damp cloth it's not a wet cloth so but it's and it is soapy so it is it does help get all that hand grime off of the keyboard and then i use just you know what do i clean i usually use my eyeglass cleaner to clean off the laptop screen and then you know you can actually use a vacuum if you're really careful
2: but That's the one I thing I was going to say, don't do that.
0: <laughs> well, I've, sure. I don't recommend most people do because I've come to find that most people are not careful. So yeah. compressed air, properly held, not upside down is you know a good way to do it. <laughs> yeah, Outside, so you don't
2: eat all the dust. One thing I've actually found kind of useful in some cases, if uh, literally some cases, if you have a case that has the uh, dust filter over the fans uh sometimes those can get really gnarly if you like smoke or have pets or something especially if it's
1: the bottom one yeah
2: yeah and it can get caked like even if you wipe it off and whatnot it can get caked if you if you do get it so that even if you get the 99 percent of it you find the little vents or the mesh still have stuff in it if you use a toothbrush that'll help get those out
1: pro tip uh peter jensen says vinegar great for cleaning your monitor and keyboard there you go. Uh, I just I
2: pay. I have. Uh, I forget. It's electronic safe Clorox wipes, and that's uh, what I use for everything. Nice. Uh, not that much more.
1: There's there's one more question I want to get to, but, but people keep throwing money at us. Uh, Karthik <laughs> gave us a uh, hundred rupees. Said uh, this one's for bread. Um, I'll, I'll try to uh, get it here. Uh, two times one hundred, or I'm sorry, uh, two fourteen forty p screens versus <laughs> widescreen thirty four inch versus a 4k panel all at 144 hertz with a 3080 do you think any of these could be done
2: uh yeah because 1340 by 340 by that's a little bit less than a an ultra wide is a little bit less than two 1440p monitors would be but i would think those that could all definitely be done by uh, by a 3080 no problem you won't necessarily hit 144 hertz in every game, but you will get significantly past 60 frames per second in every one of those scenarios. And, you know, doing ultra-wide testing for all this stuff has opened my eyes to it. It's, it's beautiful, man.
1: I know. I want to try it. Uh, nice. All right. Last question. I think this is going to be a fun one. I've been holding on to this one. Uh, Kaz MC said, uh, looking at the consoles, uh, NVIDIA claims a 3070-ish on performance uh and ignoring streaming via GeForce and Stadia and all that stuff and assuming it's in a perfect world that everything's in stock, PSU prices are back to normal. What is what is our budget threshold for saying, you know what, J- at that point just get a console. If you if you're just gaming, you know, but you want to get a, you know, be like, "Okay, you know what? I c- I only have $500, just get a console." I you know, what uh what do you think?
0: Go you to want to go, first? Brad? I think <laughs> it just depends on what you're doing. If you remember, if you are talking about your fixed IT budget, if you are using your fixed IT budget for also something that you're going to do, Photoshop, Premiere, email. Office.
1: But he says just for gaming. Email. He says it is if primarily you are, gaming.
0: Well, I mean, but yes. So if you're only going to play games, unless and, and you're not, I. If you have a budget. I just remembered though, if we're talking about only buying one device, what are you going to do all this other stuff on? So you also have to, you have to, yeah, sure. I'm going to be doing (laughs) my Photoshop on my phone. You really have to factor that into the the value of the PC that it adds above that. That's the part of the built-in cost. If you are looking for a pure gaming experience and you don't care about all of the stuff, then yeah, I think, uh, frankly, a console is a is a is a great device. It's a different kind of gaming too, because it's controller based. It's not keyboard mouse. It is. Let's but face it.
1: Where where's that threshold that he's asking specifically? Where's that price threshold that you're like, you know what? At this point, just get a console.
0: Well, I we'll have to see how the actual consoles perform and the games that come out. But I, you know, I mean, would you really be unhappy with a twenty seventy or with an eight hundred dollar PC? Would you, are you going to be unhappy? I don't think so. I think you'd be, you know, fine. You may not be playing, you know, 4K gaming at 144 hertz, but, you know, it's for what you're getting, it's going to be awesome. I, I For me, I'm, I think it's just very much on what you want to do, not really about the price of the games. Because console gaming is very different than
2: PC gaming, if you ask me. I agree 100% with everything Gordon says, actually. I think it depends if you want just a pure gaming box, like... You are not going to be able to beat the value of these consoles. Like we haven't seen them in the real world yet, but between the PCI four SSDs, you know the beefed up RDNA two GPUs, the Ryzen chips, like they're gonna probably do pretty damn good for games. For five hundred bucks, you're not going to be able to come close to matching it on the PC. Uh, But the PC, like Gordon was saying, offers you all that extra stuff. You can do your email. You can, you know, save your photos off your phone you can do photoshop uh for me a big part of the pc's value is you know my five years plus more way more than five years but tons of my steam backlog you know i have tons i almost discussed a whole lot of games on epic now that they have a free game or three every week you'll never going to get that on consoles so it's about the ecosystem uh If you're just looking, if you don't have, you know, thousands of games already on the PC like I do, if you're just looking for sheer, you know, I just want a game at a good, you know, good clip, what should I buy? The consoles are going to be an outstanding value, I think.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, that's, I I talk a lot of smack about consoles, but you're not going to touch them at $500. They're, at least not yet, not until we see newer cards from NVIDIA and AMD, but, or Intel, but I think consoles are fantastic if you're into the console gaming experience. Yeah. Like you can't me, play League of
2: Legends on a PlayStation. It would never work for me because <laughs> I don't
0: play the games that I do on the consoles. But for somebody who just is into controller-based, yeah, hey, you can't beat it. You just can't beat it, period. It's, it's fruitless, I, th- I think, honestly, this time. Even, even to, to even try it with a PC is just is, it would be ugly. It would just be ugly in so many ways.
2: But, I think they just released a price for those uh, Xbox storage expansions the cards that you can plug into the back. Uh because yeah. they are the PCIe four NVMe drives. It just the the one terabyte expansion is two hundred and twenty bucks for the Xbox, which shows you just how much the storage alone is gonna cost if you try to build an equivalent PC. That's half the cost right there. So right.
1: <laughs> oh uh yeah, also no. real quick, sorry to break in this, we have some breaking news. Uh Amazon announces a new cloud gaming service called Luna.
2: Oh, well, Hello, I'm on Amazon. vacation and not going to write about that. Yeah. Amazon getting <laughs> into
1: the game. Do you do you think it's better or worse than Google Stadia? Which would you rather have, Gordon? Just n- not even knowing any of the details. Would you I'm both- going
0: to bet. I don't know a single thing. I'm going to bet Luna is going to clean Stadia's clock because Google's or Amazon has been planning this a long time. They bought Twitch. There's a lot of Twitch tie-ins. Good lord! I just think about this. This the future. Clearly, everybody thinks. There's a lot of money to be made on streaming, and I mean again, Amazon's like, you know what? We're going to buy Nintendo, right? Seventy-five billion dollars—that is chump change to us. We're going to buy Nintendo. It'll be—you'll be able to stream it on Luna. We are just going to see a crazy buying spree between uh, Microsoft, between Amazon, and anybody else who wants to stay competitive in this. So I, you know, I think Google is just never really ever been serious stadia has just been you know dismal you know so I, I i don't see them even continuing at this point google is always the first one to give up you know so i i think it's not going to happen there but man this is really gonna this is going to be a war to buy to own content and amazon's already shown they want to own content in their fight with netflix so man the future is all about these technology companies trying to scoop up all the content makers so they can then have you pay them
2: to stream it to you right I think it's interesting. Uh, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. All the things that, for the reasons that Stadia makes sense for Google, I think it makes sense for Amazon and Twitch as well. Like all the integration stuff. It all makes sense Like from the same like high-level value. Uh, Google messed it up. Uh, ever since Amazon's own Twitch, they've done a bunch of things that's riled up their audience, uh, like with the mid-roll ads they just did. Uh, I think that actually xCloud is going to be the one that comes out to be the the star of this show because Amazon and Google aren't gaming-first companies in the way that Sony and Microsoft are, and I think it's starting to show.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I think, yeah, clearly, if you were to put all your money on it, it's going to be Microsoft. They've got Xbox. They've got PC. They've got the experience. They are going to win definitely long-term game streaming services. What I want to know... Well no, I don't think Google will be you know, I think I've said this last year. I don't even think Stadia will be around in you know it soon. But I do wonder where this leaves NVIDIA, because NVIDIA is in a really kind of weird spot in all this, sort of playing this guerrilla war, you know, being the underdog with mm-hmm. its service. And force now is awesome though. It is awesome, it really but where do they where's the where's the room for for them down the road once Microsoft is sort of fully embedded in this? I, I don't know. I, I think it'll be a good option, but I well, mean it feels that- like Dark Horse, Nvidia, Microsoft's going to be the winner. Sony's in bad straits. Uh, Google is, jeez. And then of course Amazon. You know, Amazon's got unlimited funding too. And then of course, then Apple just shows up one day and
2: they buy well, everybody or something.
1: So the, the
2: Amazon made games. The last New World was one. There was another one that came out last year, and they were not great.
1: Towers so, was that one?
2: Yeah, that no. might be it. Something like that. But either way, they're not great. So it's. I mean, we'll see how Luna turns up, but at this point, they've definitely earned a wait-and-see
1: attitude. Well, also, they, they have a one-up on Stadia already, because it looks like it's going to be a monthly subscription, and you get access to games. You're not paying for a subscription, and then also buying the games like you are on Google. So, at least that's from what, I, what I've what i just read real quick. Uh, so,
2: However, for all the reasons I just said, part of the reason I like PC is because I have access to my existing library. That's that's a good thing for GeForce Now. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that feels like it'll always be there, right? GeForce Now will always kind of be that, like you already have into gaming, and mm-hmm. but yeah, Xbox or Microsoft, not Xbox, S Cloud just feels like
2: Microsoft ain't fooling around this generation. Ooh, the they got
0: and they got everything lined up to win. It feels like, right? I just I just mm-hmm. can't. But I just sort of think you know when you look at Amazon, you have unlimited funding as well, so they're they're going to be a player in this. Google is not going to be a player. All those poor Stadia people. Whew.
1: Interesting. Anyway, okay. Well, now God, now I have another thing to test for. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yay, yay, love it. Testing new stuff. Uh, all right, uh, Gordon, why don't, why don't we get out of here? I'm, oh, uh, we got to get out of here. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for some lunch.
0: Check back next, uh, check back next week for your fix of PC talk on the full nerd for audio listeners. Subscribe to us. I said it right. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. And also please leave a review every time you do a multi trillion dollar company comes out with a new streaming service for gamers. Mm-hmm. Saying questions and comments to the full nerd at PC Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Young with Brad Charkis. I'm going to go sleep for three days. And Adam Patrick Murray is going to hit the off switch. Uh,
1: Gordon, you'd be so proud of me yesterday on the series Sam 4 stream. I played exclusively on mouse and keyboard just for you. Really? I did it. Oh, yeah. nice. You're going to have to go nice. back and watch it. Anyway, thanks, everybody. Goodbye.